Sawbones is a show about medical history, and nothing the hosts say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. It's for fun. Can't you just have fun for an hour and not try to diagnose your mystery boil? We think you've earned it. Just sit back, relax, and enjoy a moment of distraction from that weird growth. You're worth it. All right. Tommy is about some books. One, two, one, two, three, four. Sawbones, Marital Tour of Misguided Medicine. I'm your co-host, Justin McElroy. And I'm Sydney McElroy. Just an inhale there. This is a dr- drama. You sounded huh? like you, you sounded like you weren't sure what you were going to say. Like you, you didn't I, know what followed. I never I'm am. Host. I just opened my have, mouth and let the magic come do out. Do you have different, like, different people that you pretend to be? Like different aliases? And is you it, just couldn't remember? Like which, well, oh my gosh, like which wife you're with at this moment? And all of a sudden, like it, it's all coming crashing down around me. You have many wives in many places. And no, I've just uh, figured it no, out based no. on that long pause. None of what podcast. you're saying is accurate. I just, I have different personalities for every show. Every podcast oh, I'm on okay. is a slightly different Justin. Different permutations. Different ma- different masks. What, what do you call this Justin that I get? The, the dumb one. <laughs> Dumb Justin. Oh. I have to play down my inherent uh, smarts and street smarts, if <laughs> that, you will. That, that you demonstrate so well on your other shows. Yes, I'm the, on those. I'm very sad. I'm the savvy one on most of the. Anyway, I'm um I'm hungry. Well, I was hungry. Let me back up. <laughs> I just ate lunch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that that's a triumph in our household right now because we were sick, and I'm sorry uh. we we missed you guys last week but we were all quite sick we blame it on our baby who made us sick she She got got sick sick. first the night of candle night show uh she was very sick she had a a high fever we We, almost canceled almost canceled yeah but she got she her fever came down and she was doing okay and my wonderful parents stepped in to save the day and uh um, so we so but then she just sort of passed it around yeah but uh, she's well now. We're well. I, I'm. Uh, I never got she, it. Knock on no, wood. she had a she had adenovirus. Which, by the way, do you know how it's transmitted? Uh, yes, but only because you gleefully told me fecal to oral. Yeah, it's the fecal oral route, which is like upsetting that I got it. I won't yeah, dwell on that. Yeah, don't too long. don't even think about that. But I am stoked. I just ate lunch. Happy to have an appetite again. I just didn't have much of an appetite because you guys like. We're just puking and, and right. We were we were everywhere. pretty sick, and neither of us felt like eating much. But we're doing better. I just ate some orange Charlie's slices, okay. yeah, and some triscuits. Why did you say that? Like it was a really like sexy thing. Triscuits, <laughs> triscuits. triscuits are well. Triscuits are the sexiest cracker. If you think about it. Except <laughs> but, except for maybe like club crackers, because what are they doing in there? <laughs> in that club? I, I actually um I will tell you that I I love triscuits. I was. Uh, Justin, you can attest to this. I was saying the other day that I wanted to have a party someday, mm-hmm. uh, which is ju- where I only serve triscuits with all the different uh, 
recipes that they have on the side of the Triscuit boxes. Like each flavor has like a different topping recipe. There was recipe. a Triscuit recipe where it was an hour of preparation of steak that you then put on a Triscuit. You cook it for like it's an hour of stuff. Then it's like and then put it shh, then put it on a Triscuit. Did you make a chimichurri sauce for it and then put it on a Triscuit? Then put it on a Triscuit. Uh, but yeah, we have an appetite again. No more, so, uh, no more uh, fasting for for us. And uh, and we can usually agree that a sign of, that eating again, re- regaining your appetite, is a sign that you're getting better. Mm-hmm. I think. Um, but you know, some people thought that maybe not eating was the key to uh, to good health. Um, well, That's been a theory throughout medical history that maybe just avoiding food altogether is the is the way to true health. Not a good long game. If you really think about it, that doesn't make a lot of sense long term. Like you would think that that would be obvious, but it wasn't always. Uh, okay, well, well, tell me about it, Sid. Let's talk a little bit about fasting and starvation. Um, I want to thank a few people who've recommended this topic. Thank you to Catherine and your little sister, Victoria, mm-hmm. who wants to be a pediatrician, by the oh, way. Cool. Go for it, Victoria. Thank you, Corey, Alan, Allie, and Carly for all recommending this topic. Now, as I said, depriving yourself of food has been thought to be spiritually beneficial for a really long time. No, I do I do know about that. Like a religious fast. Jesus went into the desert four days, four nights. Satan tried to tempt him with Triscuits and he wasn't having any of it. <laughs> Is that what it, Triscuits? Maybe not Triscuits. Well, if they I, had steak on them though, I can see where that would be a pretty yeah, big Very thing. tempting. Uh, there are lots of religious grounds for fasting. Um, and this goes back to like the Greeks thought that the ancient Greeks thought that demons could enter your body while you were eating. And so fasting was a way to, you know, purify your spirit was cleanse yourself. Okay. Um, and then certainly that's been used in, in, I, I would wager to say the majority, if not all major world religions in different times of the year, maybe different religious seasons. Um, I know for instance, having been raised Catholic, that Lent was a time when, fasting to various degrees mm. would occur and it was a way of like um you know like cleansing yourself in a spiritual sense right right but not not so much like to make you healthy um it was suggested back during the salem witch trials that maybe all the girls would get better if they just stopped eating mm, no that's not cool no but again this was more of a spiritual connection and when we look through like the like what we kind of consider some of our great thinkers medical and otherwise throughout history uh, everybody by the way, pretend pretend earlier when i said they would get better if they stopped eating pretend that i said uh i didn't know that cosmo was in charge of the salem witch trials <laughs> cosmo magazine it's like image what do you think cosmo magazine like, is about stop, 17 magazine which magazine tells girls to stop eating all magazines and everything on TV and everything. Okay, well, pretend that I don't know where you find the joke there, but pretend that I said that. Except whatever, for except for me. Whatever the no. funny and tasteful choice would be. Pretend that's I not said true that. anymore. When I was growing up, I think that that was true. I think that's probably not as true nowadays. It's right? better. Or it's at least better. It, there's a it's consciousness better. of it. Like, yeah, I think I think yeah. for sure. But um, but, but not to say that this problem is fixed. We're just like, oh, thank goodness, female body image got all worked out. Yeah. Like, it, they didn't. Sorry. Because those Dove commercials, they fixed everything. Thank you, Dove. Uh, <laughs> and Jello. Did Jello do some? Thank you, Jello. And Dove and Goldie Blocks. Throughout, throughout history. And that soup oh. commercial with the two gay dads. That I don't know. That's not connected, but, but man, it made me feel good. I do like it. I do really love that happy. commercial. Uh, throughout history, a lot of great, so you know, considered great thinkers have talked about how you should fast, like Paracelsus, who we did a show on, mm-hmm. said that fasting was like the key to good health. Uh, Hippocrates extolled the virtues of fasting. Benjamin Franklin 
said fasting was a good idea. There's actually That's hypocritical. I've seen pictures of Ben Franklin. He was not that into fasting. <laughs> he meant for everybody else. Everybody else to leave more for him. <laughs> hey, you should you should fast on those canopies that that guy just brought. Don't eat those. Those are Ben's. Yeah, like he had gout, right? Didn't Ben Franklin have gout? Uh, I'm sure he did. I feel like he had gout. And so like, I mean, he was eating some pretty rich stuff. Gout. Gout. Um, you've already forgotten what gout is, haven't you? It's where you eat rich food and your feet hurt. Okay, good, pretty good. Close enough. Uh, it's actually inscribed on an Egyptian pyramid that humans live on one quarter of what they eat on the other three quarters lives their doctor. Hmm. Do you, under, you know, insinuating that the, like you should eat, eat about one. a quarter of what you eat because you're... All based that other on, food you eat makes you unhealthy. Based on what, Pyramid? You don't know me. <laughs> Have you reviewed the literature, Pyramid, before you tell me how to live my life? You are made of rocks. How dare you? And you're a mystery. We don't even know how you were built. You Did you get your body image from, like, the slaves that built you? Like, because compared to them, I bet most people do look, like, garishly overweight. Like, I don't... I, I just don't get where this pyramid gets off passing judgment on people. Do you know when I was in health class as a, a in middle Did school? Did you ever have a pyramid for a teacher in health class? No, I, I no because they don't know I, anything. I told my health teacher in middle school told me that it, they told us all because it was in our boy girl like mixed health class before we separated out to sure. learn about like your body's changing. Yeah. They told he your told us body. that um, boys are shaped like upside down pyramids and girls are shaped like pyramids. And that's how your bodies are supposed to be shaped. Sorry, what? Excuse me? <laughs> like we're smaller at the top and then we get really wide at the bottom and boys are supposed to be really wide at the top and smaller that in the is, middle. <laughs> that guy's just like, was your teacher Sir Mix-a-Lot? <laughs> um, in the late 1800s, we really see uh, starvation and fasting used as like a medical treatment. Uh, Dr. Edward Dewey wrote a book called The True Science of Living. And in it, he initially suggested that Maybe a lot of disease is the result of you're eating too much food and so you're creating too much digestive juice and like you're you're swallowing all this digestive juice and that's making you sick. Okay. So he advised skipping breakfast. Nonsense. Now, meal a day. one of his patients and also his publisher, Charles Haskell, uh, subscribed to this theory, uh, lived by it, uh, claimed that it cured him of every disease he had and made him feel amazingly better. And so he wrote a book about starving yourself even more so you know if you have skipping skipping breakfast is good okay imagine skipping all your meals and it was called perfect health how to get it and how to keep it and basically it was about depriving yourself of food for various periods of time in different mm -hmm. ways um actually upton sinclair wrote a book about fasting hmm. you know who wrote the jungle yeah uh he wrote the fasting cure which was nonfiction. interesting um a big event in the the history of fasting is in 1880 when Dr. Henry S. Tanner uh, fasted publicly in New York. He wanted to prove that the medical establishment was wrong when it said that, you know, like you need to eat to live. Like the, that that what established that? medical truth was wrong, that the human body could go just fine without food for very long periods of time. So he fasted for 42 days in public in New York, like on a stage, he said mm -hmm. a full stage. And uh, to prove that the human body didn't need food, like, and he did this twice because the first time there's some question as to how much it was it was observed, and then he repeated it supposedly completely in the public eye. And well, David, he, he was the David Blaine of his time. Exactly. I mean, like the same idea. Mm -hmm. And and the the story goes that he absolutely didn't eat. He got sick at first, and then he got better. And like doctors would stand around every day taking bets on how many more days until he died but that he lasted 42 days and he then didn't died. get sick. And then at the end of it, no, 
At the end of his fast, he just started eating everything. Like, didn't even have to, like, slowly introduce food. He just ate whatever he wanted, and he was fine. Now, I've watched a lot of uh, fast-breaking videos on on YouTube, and those people normally start with something like water and then orange juice. That's and that's what you're supposed to do because you can get you can get pretty sick if you have been fasting for a long time. They don't start with water. That wouldn't make any sense. Water is no. part of the fast, but like <laughs> orange juice. Yeah, and I should say that Dr. Tanner did. He did drink liquid. He was going to. He wasn't going to at first. He was going to deprive himself of food and liquid. Okay, well that's. But like that would not have gone as well. <laughs> it, and and then he did that for like five days or something, three five days, something like that, until he was pretty sick. And then somebody was like, maybe you should let yourself drink water. And he goes, eh, maybe I will. So. Uh, good on him though for realizing like, okay, listen, <laughs> this I'm not gonna I'm not gonna die on this hill. This one's on me. <laughs> this this one's on Hank. I do need liquids. Sorry everybody. Now into this into this fasting milieu is born um, a character that I think deserves a lot of the time of this episode uh, for um, for her investigations into the starvation diet, so to speak. And her name is Dr. Linda, Linda Hazard. She was born in Minnesota in 1867. And she, uh, she grew up, she was not a trained doctor in any way or any kind of medical professional. Okay. Um, she practiced some um, uh, homeopathy, and some various alternative medicines. Um, now, you did say doctor at the beginning of her name. Yes, because she was known as a doctor because of some sort of old like law in in Washington, which is where she practiced, which grandfathered her in as a as a licensed physician under some laws that were supposed to apply to alternative practitioners who didn't mm-hmm. go to traditional medical schools. And so, anyway, as a result of that, she... She was known as Dr. Hazard, even though technically she was not in any way a, a doctor. She started, she published her book in the same year that they uh, uh, published the Pure Food and Drug Act, right? 1908, wasn't that? Yeah, Pure, uh, Pure Food and 1912. Drug? 1912, okay. Yeah. Yeah, but, but I mean, around the same time, and th- there was a big movement against like uh, medicines in general. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about this, like there was this like undercurrent of alternative medicine that was arrived, arising at this time. Sure. And so there were a lot of doctors who were very invested in kind of overturning the established medical system. Because the government was also at this point refining a lot. In 1908, early 20th century, like really refining like what medicine could be and what the rules were for industrial practices. And of course, anytime that happens, you're going to have people pushing back against that with, you know, uh, alternatives. Exactly. And it seemed pretty harmless because her idea was she published Fasting for the Cure of Disease and she was a licensed called fasting specialist, which is a thing you could be. Um, And basically she believed in this in order to treat her patients. And she began practicing this in the early 1900s, treating patients with this regimen um, of basically bowel rest, meaning that sometimes your bowels just need a break. So don't put anything in them. for long periods of time, intense fasting. Uh, and and when I say fasting, I don't mean like, I, I guess I shouldn't say anything in them. There were days where maybe you wouldn't eat anything, but most days you would get like maybe a cup of vegetable broth twice a day or one orange for the entire day or a couple of, a cup of broth and maybe a, t- a tablespoon of orange juice later or something like that. Um, you would, you would pair this fasting which would go on for weeks and weeks and weeks by the way months and months i mean not not for 42 days for Mm -hmm. months you would pair it with enemas long enemas hour-long enemas oh sid uh to clean you out and also uh very vigorous massages um these massages were actually documented to be like 
so intense that patients were practically beaten. They would be left bruised. Um, she would do them herself sometimes, and she would just pound on her patients and scream, eliminate. Eliminate? Eliminate. While they were doing it. <laughs> eliminate. I'm on the Dalek diet. Um, the, uh, and so her patients, as you can imagine, were, were really put through the ringer with this treatment. Um, these enemas, by the way, would last, like I said, for hours. And so they actually had, she had these special bathtubs that were outfitted with like um, supports that you could lean on. So you could stand up in the bathtub and lean on this like cushioned support mm -hmm. while they did the enema because you were likely to pass out because it went on for so long. Tell me they got a magazine. What? Did they get a magazine or something? Uh, I don't think so. Ugh. I don't know. I, they didn't document if they had magazines or not. That's I'll have important. to read more. Yeah, see if you can find out for me. Um, as you can imagine, this so so Dr. Hazard uh, practiced in Washington. She set up a place um, that had initially been known as Wilderness Heights in, on a little town called Olala, but became known because of this as Starvation Heights. Um, because this is where she set up her sanitarium and where she practiced. Uh, many patients... As a result of this regimen, starves to death. This sure, was because uh, of the lack of food. Yes, because you need that. Um, if if your if her patients died, by the way, you know she did her own autopsies. Mm, that's convenient. Yeah, and uh, and then she would, and also she's not a doctor, so what is she doing? And then she would um, have the patient buried quickly and discreetly with a local funeral home that she kind of had to deal with. Mm -hmm. um, now, uh, like I said, a lot of patients were dying under this regimen, but there were two that finally kind of spelled the end of this awful of this awful treatment by Dr. Hazard. Uh, there were two British sisters named Claire and Dora Williamson. Now, they had some minor medical problems. Um, these were two younger women who um, had probably a lot of money and a lot of time mm -hmm. and a lot more concern for some of their minor medical issues. Like, for instance, I believe Dora had what was called a dropped uterus at the time. Oh. I don't even know if she really had anything. But the point is, they weren't sick. But they did have a passion for alternative medicine. And they really wanted to try this, what they called the most beautiful treatment that Dr. Linda Hazard could provide. <laughs> so they went to uh, to put themselves under her care, expecting to go to the sanitarium at Olala. That was part of the draw for them, is that they read about this beautiful wilderness where they would stay and you know see animals running around and the trees, and it would be gorgeous. And um, not be able to eat them. Can you imagine that? Watching animals <laughs> just not be able to eat them that'd be terrible hey deer come here i want to take a bite out of you i'm very hungry <laughs> that's how deer work hey deer uh instead they initially spent a couple months um in a small apartment in seattle because the sanitarium wasn't yet ready when they got there uh eating tomato broth um like a cup a day and getting enemas constantly after two months they were finally transferred to the sanitarium at olala and they weighed about 70 pounds at the time they made it there that's disgusting yeah God, that's um, savage. Uh, despite the fact that they, by all accounts, they were not doing well, they continued with the regimen. Uh, however, they did send, a, and they didn't tell most of their family because their family had already kind of given them a hard time for all of the different alternative treatments that they were fans of. And mm -hmm. so they didn't want to get more flack from their family. So they did send a letter to their childhood nurse uh, to let her know what they were doing and where they were, just to kind of update her. And whatever they put in that letter was so bizarre and sounded so nonsensical that she actually set sail she was out of the country to go investigate at Olala uh, what was going on. By the time she got there, Claire had already died. Uh, Dr. Hazard informed the nurse that it was related to medicines that Claire had gotten as a child, that they had done so much damage to her body 
uh, and given her cirrhosis is what she claimed that even the starvation couldn't save her. So she was dying anyway. It wasn't the starvation's fault. It was, you know, it was, it was happening. The starvation mm-hmm. was her last hope. Uh, Dora was 50 pounds at this point, um, barely hanging on. And uh, Dr. Hazard had tried to get her declared uh, insane so that she could take over control of her estate. Uh, Claire had already signed over all of her possessions, uh, money, belongings, future fortune, everything to the Hazard family, to mm-hmm. Linda Hazard and her husband. Um, and uh, her, the decision making for Dora had already been put in their hands as well. Um, it actually took one of their wealthy uncles bribing the hazards with a thousand dollars to even let the nurse get Dora out of there. Yikes. So like did they bust her? Well, Justin, if you want to find out about that, you're going to have to follow me first to the billing department. Let's go. The medicines, the medicines that macabre for the mouth. So. I want Linda to go to the pokey, Sydney, and you're the only one who can send her there through time. So, as you can imagine, um, with these kind of two high-profile victims of, of Linda Hazard, um, the authorities begin to get involved with what's happening at Starvation Heights. And the crime-solving nurse. And the on, crime-solving on nurse. Her, on her tail. And the rich in, uncle. In my film, that's, that's Helen Mirren. <laughs> And Hugh Dancy is probably the the uh, rich uncle, but like Helen Mirren is totally the nurse. She's like, take no prisoners. So she reported this. Uh, they they all did uh, with Dora's help. Once uh, Dora was well enough to be able to form a sentence, probably um, they reported all this to the authorities, and uh, and that's when the investigation began. And it and it really became clear what Linda Hazard was doing at her so called sanitarium. Um, she had starved at least a dozen people to death. Before uh, their death, she often uh, had convinced them or coerced them into handing over um, their own, you know, physical valuables that they had with them, control of property that they may own. Um, she was executive their executor of their states often, appointed oh that before they even died. Um, and so uh, there was, you know, there was a belief that not only was she, maybe this wasn't all well-intentioned. You know, like I'm trying yeah. to fix these people and it's just going so wrong. Like maybe there were some sinister motives. Um, she was even accused because uh, it was noted that when um, when the Williamson girl's nurse went to see uh, Claire, went to see her at the funeral home, mm-hmm. uh, that it didn't look like her. And it was it was even um, stated that maybe Linda Hazard was paying off the morgue to get healthier corpses to display at the funerals so the patient's families wouldn't know how bad they looked before they died. That's so because gross. if they had seen, they would have said like, oh, what did you do to what did you do to my loved one? Mm-hmm. So so maybe now I don't know if that's true. That doesn't allegedly. make sense because what did they do a head swap to? Because like, I would think they'd recognize. Right. I don't know. Oh, I don't know. Oh, maybe, maybe. It's not our weird uh, old rumor. We didn't start they, it. <laughs> they uncovered a diary of one patient. You can find this diary actually online of one man who underwent um, Linda Hazard's treatment, and he kept like a all of the meals he ate each day, mm-hmm. just like a list of how he felt each day and what he ate. Bad. And you can just hungry. yeah, and you can read as he's just feeling worse and worse, and like January fifth, super duper hungry now. No, seriously, super hungry. <laughs> and it would almost seem like a punishment, like you know, February twenty seventh for breakfast. I had two oranges so no lunch or dinner and that kind of thing and like and he feels worse and worse and then finally the diary ends abruptly when he 
dies of starvation. Right, because of the lack of food. So in uh, in 1911, so there was a huge trial in 1911. Uh, Linda Hazard was charged with manslaughter, and let me just say, uh, there were doctors who tried to come to her defense, who who believed in this and tried to come testify that no, she was right. The medical establishment is wrong. You can totally starve yourself. These patients were gonna die anyway. She did the best thing she could for them. So that just proves how sick they must have been, because even starvation didn't work. Um, so she, despite all this, she was charged with manslaughter in 1911. She only did two years of hard labor at Walla Walla before being pardoned by the governor. Hmm. Why, I don't know. Uh, onlookers at the pardoning noticed that his stomach was rumbling, and so maybe he was in on it too. <laughs> but she was pardoned. Now, she did, not, she did have her license revoked when she, was, uh, when she was, you know, charged with manslaughter, and she did not get her license back. Um, her fake license but she was free so she went to uh, New Zealand where she had actually amassed quite a following there mm -hmm. uh, practiced for a while she did get in trouble got fined there for practicing as a doctor when she in fact wasn't um, and then went back to Olala in 1920 and built her sanitarium there again again uh, but she didn't call it a sanitarium she called it like a school of health so that technically you know wasn't okay. like she got away with not having a license because she didn't call it you know um and the authorities watched her very closely and as far as i know nobody died in the last uh, in those 15 years that it you know it was in operation it burned down in 1935 yeah um now linda got pretty sick a few years after that in 1938 but luckily she knew just what to do when one gets really sick medicine no she starved herself oh now linda so she died of starvation because the lack of food again yeah right. yeah it's a it's a predictable path here because it's like you know almost like you need food supposedly the house where the hazards used to live is haunted i found that like on a like weird washington site like you could read about like the yeah. haunt, like all the noises they've heard and they found a copy of her book laying on the stairs and they didn't mm. know where it came from and you can still see the remains of the sanitarium there if you feel inclined to visit um, it sounds like a really beautiful place other than this awful history. Mm -hmm. uh, now, there are still people today who claim that fasting works. You can find a lot of um, what they call alternative medicine sites. I wouldn't even call this alternative medicine. Um, no. I would call it quackery where uh, <laughs> where it is claimed that if you fast, like, for instance, the water fast where, you know, you just drink water. Um that you can uh, you can cure your diabetes, your high blood pressure, basically any problems you have. Now it's worth noting though that you you are not specifically calling out. There are lots of different like eating methods and diets that have been tagged with like fasting. You're not talking about all of those, right? Like you're not talking about like like the fast diet, for example, is something that I I actually tried and and, and no, the one where should eat like 600. Those are like limited, very limited I, scope fasting yeah i would be very careful in general about eating about uh, extreme limitation of caloric intake um we have a lot of science that says it not only is it not good for you to go without food or to go with very little food but it's not even really good for weight loss in the long run um because it slows down your metabolism mm -hmm. so i i would not i would not recommend cutting out food as a viable plan for anything for whatever your desired outcome is mm -hmm. if um, you're full there that's a good i reason. mean yeah like if you're full stop eating but but like but then when you're hungry again like eat again right yeah, <laughs> like don't for stop sure. forever yin and yang I think is the thing. ebb and flow 
Um, cause like what that, like that water fast that I was reading about, like you eat like a very small amount of food, sort of like the hazard plan for three or four days. And then you have nothing but water for like 10 or 11 days. Mm-hmm. Like I would never recommend that. That's not, that's not a good idea yeah. for people, certainly people who are ill. And you know, they have this like paper that I found published where it says like, this will cure hypertension. And we have patients that were cured of hypertension. I would, I would be very skeptical about that. I'd like to see that. Well, I wouldn't reproduce that cause that sounds like torture. Um, but also like if you lose weight, your blood pressure might go down some. And if you're not eating, you're going to lose weight at first. In the long run, you're going to do more harm than good to your body. Mm-hmm. So like just be sensible. Eat a eat a healthy, well-balanced diet yeah. and exercise. And don't starve yourself. Uh, you wouldn't think that'd be revolutionary advice, but there you go. No. And also food tastes good. Delicious. Uh, you're missing out on all those Triscuits and all that soup. Uh, Sid, we got uh, some uh, very nice gifts and cards during the candlelight season, uh, both at our live show and in the mail. We what, what did. We got? we got we got a lovely postcard from Isaac. Uh, we got a, um, a a card from Valerie, who also uh, made me a shower cap, which was super cool. Um, in addition, from M, we got a picture of a rad cat for Charlie. And uh, from Andrea, uh, happy holidays and cookies. And finally, from Amanda, sent us some delicious chocolate. So thank we, you guys we all. Got a great jacket for Chuck. We, at the, yes, it, absolutely. It's hard. When we get the stuff in the mail, we always write it down. But when we're doing shows, we don't get people's when names When you give sometimes. us stuff in person, we have a bad habit of not writing down i because that's awkward isn't it like in an interaction like hold on let me could you could you write your name down so i don't forget to say it later we record um because i got a super cool knitted like dissected frog Mm -hmm. you saw that which is awesome and up displayed in our home already it is and i love it and thank you very much and if you tweet at me i will call you by name and thank you (laughs) (laughs) uh Thank you so much to the uh, Max Fun Network for having us as part of their uh, extended podcast family. You can go to MaximumFun.org to check out all their great shows like Stop Podcasting Yourself, uh, One Bad Mother, Oh No, Ross and Carrie, uh, and, and many, many more. So go check those totally out. Thank you to the taxpayers for letting us use their song Medicines as the intro and outro of our program. They're on Twitter uh, at the taxpayers. Go and find their stuff for sale wherever find music is sold, I believe. And uh, that's going to do it for us. Until uh, next time, I'm Justin McElroy. I'm Sydney McElroy. And as always, don't drill a hole in your head. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.